Oh my gosh, we're gonna be late. Log Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. Go live. Come on, hurry up. There we go. And give it a second. <laughs> well, this is a first. I wasn't even prepared for this part. I know and... you weren't even thinking about. Yeah, I think we're. Yeah, we're nine seconds. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now. All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. I was experimenting. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I was experimenting with this, and I forgot to turn that on so that you could hear it. We all heard it, but you were not hearing the the intro part. So, yeah, it was on, though. And it went over. So, there you go. (laughs) I I was wondering, I was going to ask you if it... uh... Yeah. If it picked me up, or I picked it all up or not. Good. Yeah. All right. There was a- well, Boy. here we are. Here we are. Another episode <laughs> of All About Wine <laughs> yes. in our over 10-year history of All About Wines. This We there are yet again. Yeah. Wow. I know. Okay. I know. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's uh, longer than a lot of people's marriages last, so we've been doing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I have a there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> should be, right. should be part of the intro. We should make it part of the intro since 2009, longer than most marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I a lot of people keep their jobs or stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, just <laughs> been around a long time. Been around a long time, yeah, and yeah. we've had fun yeah. the whole time doing it. Oh, that's yep. that's the important part. And we pass yep. out some good information. All of you people out there listening has mm-hmm. learned something, I hope. In fact, I know some people have because they've emailed me and told me over the years. So if you uh, have comments, get in touch with us. Email us. We'll be happy to uh, nice. hear your comments or whatever you happen to say, good, bad, or ugly. And uh, we'll uh, yeah. address them if it's something we can improve and if we can't improve it, then no. Oh well. Uh, so, <laughs> and if you have questions you can get of show, you can, yeah, you can definitely uh, contact us, uh, like you said, through email or, or contact us in the chat box or in the comment box on our Facebook Live uh, feed, which is on right now. <laughs> but uh, you can post and it there, and I'll, I'll let Ron know. And, uh, yes, uh, operator, not operators, yes. operator. Mm-hmm. Old Mike oh. is standing by. <laughs> That's right. And and Ron really? will hear something like, oh, see, Ron will yes, hear that. I'll <laughs> go, ah, yeah. we have a call. And I go, we have a call. Yeah. And I'll just, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Hook me right as far as we know, he hooked me right through. I don't know if that's what we were playing with before 
uh, the show yeah. came on that we get everything connected properly and all that. So you know, if you want to be part of the experiment, then give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> It's an experiment. Ron Ron is the expert on on the wine end. I'm like still trying to figure out the technical side of everything. So that's a good job. It's working. You do a good job. (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't do the stuff you're doing and so and you could oh. do the stuff I'm doing because you have. You filled in for me a few times. See, so. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, do both jobs. No. Maybe I, I would no. be stuck trying to do electronic yeah. end of it. So. Well, it's, uh, I'm stuck as well. We're at a we're no, at a, I'm, I'm, an issue that we're working through. <laughs> I'm making myself replaceable. Oh my gosh! I'm <laughs> very quiet. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You're not going that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do this on myself. Keep all the money. <laughs> keep all the money. Keep the jet. Keep the company bus. Keep the company jet. That's right. Uh, all about money. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, but then, and what are we talking ways. about? Yeah. Yeah. Tonight we're talking about wine, <laughs> all about wine. <laughs> that was a segue. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so we got some got some things to tell you, a few stuff to talk about, and a few things to tell you, and just just stuff. As always, interesting, informative, and all about wine. But first, let's give you a menu of what's coming up, what what important days are coming up this coming week, so that you can. Pair your wine with it. The uh, uh, today I told you last week if you haven't done so already, National Dumpling Day and National Pancake Day. So two good days today. Tomorrow National Chocolate Milk Day. I don't see any wine to match with that. Although they do have a chocolate wine out there. Uh, it was real popular for about what. Two weeks and then it disappeared. I don't know if it's still on the shelves or not, but I had it. It tastes like chocolate milk with uh, a little bit of alcohol in it. So, if you are into chocolate milk and the wine, have yourself a chocolate wine. They again, I guess they're still available. I'm not sure. Did Tomorrow, in, uh... Uh, I'm sorry, Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I picked one up. I picked a bottle up in when I was in Grapevine. Was yes, it? that was you chocolate did. wine? Chocolate flavored. Yeah, no, that, that was, was really a, a, uh, Yeah, that was chocolate cherry or something, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I don't think it was just just chocolate. I think it was. Uh, I thought it was exotic. chocolate. It was, a, it was a. It was a red, but it was it was uh, definitely chocolate. I, I don't remember anything about cherry in it, but it was. God, where was that? It from? was. It was from. Uh, Grapevine. It was, it was uh, that old. Grapevine, uh, yeah, when you were out there. But the I was thinking uh, it was more, yeah. more exotic hmm. than just chocolate, though. Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up now. I, you got me confused. Yeah. But it was, I, I, the building was real old, and, and they were restoring it. Uh, they had restored it. Not, you know, uh, they didn't updo it. Uh, what do you call it? Renew it, you know, put new things in it. It was still its old, uh, like from the 1700s. It was just um, right. What an amazing, amazing home. But um, yeah, they, they had the tasting and everything right in the front. And, and the, I could have sworn it was a chocolate. I don't remember the cherry part, but it was a chocolate wine. I might still yeah, have I it in the other room. That, yeah, 
Hmm. Yeah, it, hmm. it, well, you can you know follow up on that a little bit and see. I, I remember hmm. it being not just straight chocolate, but more of a more of a chocolate cherry or chocolate strawberry or something. Um, That's what I remember, but I may be mistaken on that. I may be thinking of another one. But I picked one up that was right around the same time. All of a sudden, they came out with all these chocolate wines, and it was Mm -hmm. odd. But uh, people used to come into the winery all the time. Have you tried the new chocolate wine? Yeah, it tastes like chocolate milk with alcohol. And that's what it did. But the one you had had a little bit more of an exotic flavor. So I don't know. I you know if yeah. you find it, it you know. Yeah. But I'll let you. It, tomorrow, chocolate milk day or chocolate wine. I suppose you can if they're still available. Saturday, National Strawberry Cream Pie Day. Ooh, that really sounds good. It's been a hundred years since I've had a strawberry cream pie. Also, Saturday is National Drink a Beer Day. So. If you're not into wine on Saturday or you come in after mowing the lawn, drink a beer. Sunday, National Mocha Day and National Coffee Day. It's odd that those both fall on the same day. National Mocha Day and National Coffee Day. Also, Rosh Hashanah starts Sunday. That's our Jewish holidays. And then Monday is National Mold Cider Day. So uh, not a whole lot of stuff there for wine pairings, it seems like. But that ends the month, uh, Monday. Tuesday, we start out with a new month and new things happening. National Apple Month, Caramel Month, Cookie Month, Dessert Month, Pasta Month, Pizza Month, Pork Month, Pretzel Month, and Seafood Month are all coming up in October. Tuesday, October the 1st. National Pumpkin Spice Day. You know, what else? Also, National Homemade Cookie Day and International Coffee Day. So all those are coming up Tuesday the the 1st. Wednesday the 2nd, World Farm Animal Days and National Apple Month starts. Um, Big time there. So whatever you want to do with apples, pies, and cakes, and strudels, and whatever. And then a week from today, the 3rd of October, it's National Soft Taco Day. Uh, there's a good pairing with wine. And then on the 4th, the next day, on a week from tomorrow, on Friday the 4th, there's National Taco Day. Not soft taco, but crunchy taco. So that's what we have coming up for the next week to pair your wines with or anything you want to pair your wines with. There is no limit on what you can do and what you can compare and how you take care of it. So... Just, as we say, drink responsibly. Uh, You find something? Yes, you are correct. It was Homestead Winery um, in uh, Grapevine, Texas. A chocolate, it's called Chocolate Rosé. It's a red sweet blend with characteristics of dark chocolate and cherries. Ooh, that's right. Uh. So there you go. Red I, River Valley. I remember it a little bit more than just chocolate, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember um, the cherry part, though. But that, uh, yeah, no, that was, no, uh, okay. that was, that was so interesting. It was the cherry part. I, you know, mm-hmm. the, the chocolate wine, I've had chocolate wines that just take, like, well, like alcohol and chocolate yeah. milk. But that cherry in right. that, that, that made it, made it really quite good. It gave it a little bit more yeah. 
character to it than what just straight chocolate wine is. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good. 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 Very good wine, too. So, yeah. Delicious. It was, yeah. Great like, wine, Texas. Like, I mean, you know, that Mike took a, a uh, vacation trip. down there. <laughs> yeah. and, Had to get my water burger fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> one day drinking wine for the good of the show. The show. So. <laughs> and myself. It was good. And yourself. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I remember that. That that that, that cherry undertones to it, which was really I think that's really here's something, good. Here's something I never tried though. It says serve chilled as an after dinner dessert and pour over ice cream. I never heard oh, about yeah. pouring wine over ice cream. Really? Yeah, our, our strawberry port, uh, people used to talk all the time about pouring that over French vanilla ice cream. Get a good mm. good vanilla ice cream, a, a good French vanilla ice cream. You know, get a little Huggen Doss or something and yeah. pour the strawberry port over that. And uh, I used to, a lot of people used to talk about doing that, putting it over ice cream. Uh, so, hmm. yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, pouring wine over ice cream is really a uh, not not unusual. Not as unusual as you know you may you may think. Yeah, I've uh, tried that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it is good. <laughs> Ten years later, that's the first time. Yeah. First time <laughs> yeah. We keep evolving. There we go. All right. Yeah, that's, that's trying to educate and. <laughs> that is. Yeah, uh, we got uh, some new wines out on the market. A couple, uh, a new can wine. Uh, this is Berger's wine spritzers called Maine and Vine wine. They're Maine and Vine wine spritzers, uh, distributed by Treasury Wine Estates. This is out of uh, California. Nationwide distribution on that. It says about it, Berger wine, a brand of Treasury Wine Estates, which is a, a big, big, big wine conglomerate, launched a new line of canned wine spritzers, Maine and Vine, available in three flavors, blood orange mango, pomegranate, and pink grapefruit. Maine and Vine wine spritzers are gluten-free, contain, 90, uh, yeah, of course they're, contain 95% are 95 calories in each 250, or 250 yeah, 250 milliliter can and feature a 5.5% alcohol by volume content. Main and Vine wine spritzers are available in 8.4 ounce individual cans for a suggested retail price of $2 a piece or in four packs for $8, which makes sense. So, 250 milliliter cans. Those are small cans, by the way. 250 milliliters, only about. Well, I guess it's about eight nine ounces, isn't it? Let's see, 50. Yeah. So that's new on the market. Well, also another new wine, Province Vineyards, out of Napa, California. That's at ProvinceVineyards.com. Distribution nationally, a wine called uh, introduced. Dead Eye. And here's another one from Treasury Wine Estates. Providence, uh, Providence, Providence Vineyards, a brand of also Treasury Wine Estates, came out with Dead Eye. It's a blend of red wines, 
dead-eye predominantly is Cabernet Sauvignon, while it also includes Petit Syrah, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Malbec. The wine is expressive, opulent, and dominated by ripe, dark fruits, the company says. Dead-eye features a 15.5% alcohol by volume, a little bit high on that. Then it is packaged in a 750-milliliter bottle. It is now available nationwide. And it's a part of a limited release of 2,396 cases and a suggested retail price of $50. So that's a pretty cool bottle. It's just it's just a bottle with a, a circle and a cross and a little circle inside, like a, like a target, like a dead eye. So that's another one that is available. Uh, and I believe I've got another one here somewhere. Uh, yeah, here we go. This is little little L I L little fizz wine, a uh, little fizz canned wine. It comes in a little can. It says no fine print. Little fizz California, two fifty milliliter. It's just a uh, oh. My uh, my engineer just brought me a wine. Just open up a wine. And let me tell you about this little fizz, then we'll talk about the wine she just handed me. Little fizz wine, no fine print wine company, launched this line of canned wine titled Little Fizz, L-I-L, Little Fizz. Little Fizz is a blend of 77% Lake County Sauvignon Blanc, 16% 16% Sonoma Valley Chardonnay and 7% Sonoma Canaris Sonoma Valley Pinot Noir, the company said. It also features little to no fizz and is referred to by the company as sunshine in a can. Each 8.4 ounce can features, there I said 250 milliliters is 8.4 ounces. I was thinking around 8, it's 8.4. Features a 12% alcohol by volume content and can be found in select retailers for a suggested retail price of $20 for a four-pack, or obviously $5 each. So the other one is only $2 each. A little bit different blend there. If you that was more of a spritzer, this is actually blends of wine. So little fizz canned wine by No Fine Print Wine Company. Out of Chicago, Chicago, uh, internet, nofineprint.com. Just as it sounds, nofineprint.com. So there are some new wines out on the market, and uh, I think that's it. Let me see. Yeah, that, that's all of them I have for you. That's, uh, that, well, that's all that they have on this on this new products list that I have here. There's uh, They also have some other stuff. They have... Shots and uh, uh, what is this? Uh, oh, uh, new uh, uh, magnet and uh, you know, brandy. Uh, so that's it. New uh, new stuff out on the market for you. Give it a try. Most of those are nationally. Distributed and good for uh, good for just about anywhere. 
few of them are limited, but uh, get to national distributions, most of them. All right, what do we got tonight? We have a 2016 non-typical red wine. This is out of Lake County, California. Uh, color, a uh, little light color, but not real light. It's it's dark enough. It, uh, I don't know what the grape blend. I haven't read the back of this yet. Let me give a, a smell. Mm. Nice aroma. It doesn't give you that typical Cabernet smell that would predominate in a Cabernet. It gives more of a, a subdued, I, something like a Merlot or even a Cabernet Franc. Let's see what it says. Oh, let me do a taste first. Is that um, Shedhorn Cellars? Shedhorn? Uh, probably is because it's got a big old picture of a big horn on the front here. Uh, produced and bottled by Shedhorn Cellars. You got it. Kelseyville, Lake County, California. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, nice, nice call on that. Uh, and I told you Mike's on top of this stuff. 2016 non-typical red wine, Lake County. It says, not your typical red wine. Well, that goes without saying. This blend is a unique combination of barrel lots, including, well, no one can pinpoint anything, including Zinfandel. It doesn't give any percentages of these, though. Zinfandel, Petit Verdot, Syrah, Barbera, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Petit Syrah. Absolutely delicious. Enjoy non-typical on its own or with your favorite foods, grilled meats, or smoked cheeses. It is 14.5% alcohol by volume. It is produced and bottled by Shedhorn Cellars. And uh, you can go to shedhorncellars.com. And find out more about this and other wines that they may produce. This is nice, though. It's it's, it's a nice one. I think that's one of the reasons we picked this up at our tasting we went to a month or two ago, a month and a half ago. And we liked it because it was such a unique blend of all these all these different grapes, the Zimadol, the Petit Verdot, the Barbera, which I'm a big Barbera fan, Syrah, and uh, then you you know, a bunch of other, you know, some other ones you don't hear about. The Petit Syrah, which is interesting. Syrah, Petit Syrah, some people say they're the same grape. I don't think they are, but there are people who say it's the same grape, just grown in different areas. But this is nice. It's got, the acid is, is, balanced well with the flavors it doesn't give you know for a red wine it's not giving you those those dark fruit notes that you usually pick up on red wines it's lighter it is uh, uh, got a pleasant aftertaste not real heavy the wine itself is light uh, as far as when you start looking at all these different red blends in there it, it has it hasn't been aged they say barrel 
barrel blends, but it doesn't seem like they've been in the barrels very long because you're not picking up a whole lot of oak out of it. But it is a very nice lighter style red wine that uh, makes makes for a nice accompaniment to some lighter mills too. So um, non-typical out of uh, Lake County, California. It's a 2016 vintage, which, you know, 2016, that's three years. I'm sure they had in the barrels for a little bit for it just now be coming out. So so that's what I will be enjoying tonight with Mel. Thank you, Engineer, for bringing that over. I forgot to grab something. All right. Uh, I'm always talking to you about different studies, about different reports, about different of surveys of how wine is good for you. Then another study says wine is bad for you. And then another one says that wine is good for you. Then another one says that only red wine is good for you and white wine is bad. Then the next one says white wine is bad and the red wine is is uh, worse. And, you know, just on and on and on, different things like this. And it just it's, it gets a little bit ridiculous. Uh, you, you start going on to all the stuff like that, and you start saying, "Wait a minute, you know what? Who's right? Who's wrong? And all this." I saw this little article here, and I, they had a paragraph here which I thought summed up everything. And so, it, this it, it, <laughs> it's an editorial out of one of the trade magazines I get. And the first line says, if you take away just one thing from this editorial, let it be to not eat cheese in bed. And he goes on, he talks about different stuff, nutrition, nutrition fields and stuff like that. But then he says, uh, many nutrition studies rely on correlations between intake of a given ingredient and the increase in incidence of disease or dysfunction. Now, think red wines and think the studies that we talked about and think all this stuff back and forth, the good, bad, and all this other stuff. But this, you know, you can substitute, you know, many nutrition studies, many wine studies rely on correlations between intake and any given number of incidents from that. But jumping to conclusions from a correlation is bad science. And I begin to think some of this. This is correlations are not necessarily indicative of causation. From 2000 to 2009, as cheese consumption in the U.S. rose, death by entanglement in the bed sheets rose accordingly. And so, uh, and no, all that cheese was not consumed in bed. So therefore, eating cheese by simple deduction can cause you to be tangled in your bed sheets and die. This is, I thought, wow, that's really a good example of all these studies and all these things we read about wine, and this is good and this is bad. No correlation between the two, between cheese and bedsheet tangling deaths. There is absolutely none at all. But when you put them on an identical scale with each other, Cheese consumption and entanglement bed sheets rose almost exactly the same. So, therefore, it must be cheese that's causing entanglement sheets in bed. Or, therefore, 
these people are getting better and better all the time from because they drink this red wine, so it must be the red wine that does it. Or these people have developed cancer, and they were drinking red wine, so therefore it must be the red wine that causes the cancer. And these are the correlations that you hope are not drawn, but I'm afraid sometimes it is. So a lot of these studies, when you look at studies, be sure documentation is there, be sure all this stuff. And, and I read these things, I see stuff, I read it, and I go, you know, we got a new study out by the British, and they studied 14 million people, and they found out that if you drink Cabernet Sauvignon, then you will develop ulcers, but if you drink Merlot, you won't. I, and, it, you know, it's just the, the correlations between the two could mean nothing. So I will try to document anything I read like that anymore if I can find documentation. But a lot of times these studies come out and they don't have the documentations. They just say, this is what's been found. Oh, my gosh, you need to panic. You need to worry because this is what's going on now. And in reality, it has nothing to do with the other. It's just... Uh, yeah, no, no real correlation. Just a uh, uh, a silly, silly coincidence, if you will. But that happens, and because that happens, then conclusions are drawn, and the conclusions aren't always right. So, I just wanted to share that with you. I thought that was an interesting, interesting little article or a little paragraph there. Uh, pointing to that, uh, how odd it is that it happens. Uh, let's see. I've got a couple of wineries that have stuff going on here. Ennery River. Ennery River. Uh, their early bird, $5 off early bird special for the Newberry Harvest Festival ends tomorrow. So if you want to get your tickets to the Newberry Harvest Festival, which is Saturday, October the 12th, then get out of Henry River Winery and get your tickets now. Save five bucks. They're located in Newberry, South Carolina. 803-276-2855. So if you want to get a hold of them there, or you can go to henryrivervineyards.com. And uh, get tickets for their New- Newberry Harvest Festival, which is Saturday, October 12th, from 10.30 to 6. All sorts of good stuff going on. Henry Rivers uh, releasing their Elderberry wine. That's coming out now. And then they're continuing their uh, Pack the Porch events, which is this Sunday, September the 29th. Free admission. They're going to have wine, music, and just fun stuff. So, Henry River Winery, oh, and pre-order and save on their cranberry wine, too. You can save $6 for every two bottles of cranberry wine if you pre-order. Wow, that's a pretty good deal, too. Uh, pre-order and save $6 off every two bottles or pre-order a case and get a baker's dozen. That's $3 off every bottle plus one bottle free. For a total of a fifty-six dollar discount. Wow! I had their cranberry wine too. Uh, the uh, winemaker came into the winery. I met him at the Florida State Winery, and I tasted their cranberry wine, which I was 
surprise. That was really pleasant. Uh, so coming up again, Henry River, E-N-O-R-E-E, henryrivervineyards.com, and they will you can see all the stuff going on there and all the things that are happening with them. And let's see, we got another winery. Let's see, Presque Isle. Presque Isle is selling juice. They got a lot of juice in, so you can get juice. Keith Joshua. Uh, a reminder of the Harvest Fest five course feast coming up on October the 12th. And they are located in. Elgin, Arizona. Phone number 520-455-5582. And a bunch of of food there. Their uh, five-course harvest fest is really, really a cool deal. $75 a person. Seats limited, but they smoke salmon and uh, shrimp and grits, Cajun spice, golf shrimp, uh, as if there's a whole lot of golf around Arizona. Chicken asobuku, uh, pork loin, um, chocolate mousse, a bunch of other stuff and all that. Five courses, and they are uh, great, great food there. Uh, I've had to have a breakfast that he does once a month, and I've made it to the breakfast, and oh, my gosh, it's just what a great meal with the wine paired with it and all that. So... That is Keith Joshua Vineyards, and they are at Keith or uh, KJ-Vineyards.com. KJ-Vineyards.com, and coming up October the 12th, or Harvest Fest. I'll probably remind you of that again next week. Yeah, we still have a week to go, so I'll remind you of that again. And then Tassel Ridge Winery in Iowa, uh, located at Lighton, Iowa. Yeah, Lighton, Iowa. They have uh, their uh, uh, Tassel Ridge is the place to be for a wine, dinner, and mystery uh, with a Just Murder Mystery Company coming in uh, for a uh, mystery dinner and uh, murder and mystery dinner with wine and all that there. Plus they have uh, their uh, Oski Fizant white wine, which is a little fizzy white wine that they make, and all sorts of other stuff, uh, oven fried pizzas throughout the weeks and stuff like that. So get a hold of them uh, again at Tassel Ridge. It was TasselRidge.com. And not winery, just HassleRidge.com. And then our neighbors right up the street, Whispering Oaks, located in uh, Oxford. I can never think of that. Oxford, Florida, just east of Gainesville. I always think Gainesville, but I don't think of Oxford. Oxford, Florida. Uh, get a hold of them at WinesOfFlorida.com. On the 26th, which is, what, tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, No, that's today. Oh, well, you're too late. Unless you're there now listening to us, you missed out on their 
uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. on their uh, wine pairing dinner tonight. Oh, well, that's too bad. I was thinking it was it was tomorrow night, but it was tonight. So, uh, but they have stuff all the time there. Uh, Winesofflorida.com, and you can get on their list and see all the stuff that they're always doing. They're always happening and always going on and all that, which is really a, a neat place up there, too. So, if you get an opportunity, then uh, check out the... Uh, Check out their winery there. I'm sorry, I was I was reading something else at the same time and trying to keep talking, and it makes it a little difficult to try to. Uh, so, all right. Um, I found an article about natural wines. We talked about natural wines uh, a while back, a few weeks back. The different types of wines. The that there are you have the you have your regular wine you have your natural wine and your organic and your biodynamic natural being another another way to go on wines and article on the uh, local newspaper here a uh, Tampa Bay Times is uh, uh, had an article. Uh, says you may have caught the buzz about natural wines or maybe you've heard one describing wine as funky or having a barnyard-like aroma. Maybe you've been inuated by Instagram posts of pale, fizzy pot-nots or admired some of the colorful labels adorning bottles at your local wine shop. Maybe you've noticed the person sitting next to you drinking something that looks cloudy, almost orange. Okay, now... <laughs> And that's good descriptions of it. Uh, the the term are somewhat ambiguous. Natural wines are generally made with minimal interference and intervention and little to no additives. All right. This is I I can't say I've actually had a bottle of natural wine. Although I do have a list I'm going to give you here if you want to try to pick up one somewhere. Uh, there's a list of natural wines. To me, barnyardy, I, that's not good. Uh, barnyardy, to me, barnyardy reminds me of uh, a wine that is corked, uh, not one that you want to sit down and enjoy. Oh, look, I have myself a nice barnyardy bottle of uh, wine. To me, it's not what is something that is desired. But I don't know. I've never had a natural bottle of one that's been labeled as natural, so I really can't say. Um, so this is, uh, uh, the article goes on and talks about the different wines and where they come from. And natural wine is now a huge focus uh, at different stores around Tampa, the different uh, tasting rooms and different stores and stuff. And this article goes on to talk about some of the stores and what they're doing and interview some of the people. Uh, Tampa is a growing market for this. Uh, a lot of people from uh, northern cities are moving down here, and they're looking for it. And because they're looking for it, um, it is 
available in some of the places. The uh, I, I mentioned uh, Pat Pet Mets, the the P E T with a little mark above the E. Nats and ATS. Uh, that is actually a French term meaning naturally sparkling uh, or uh, petillant naturel, uh, a short term pet nats. Uh, so if you get something that's naturally sparkling and naturally bubbly, you can refer to it as pet nats. Uh, made, they say the pet nats, though, actually, the sparkling wines. Whoop. Am I still there? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. I uh, okay. hit the wrong button, I thought. So, uh, there's sparkling wines made uh, in the ancient way, they're saying, bottled before completing the fermentation so that they finish fermentation in the bottle. That is, you know, like champagne, the classic champagne method. And uh, it is, uh, the style is a little softer than something like champagne with the bubbles that are less aggressive. The wine sometimes has a little bit of residual sugar left, which can make them fruity, soft, and easy to drink. Also, if they still got the bubbles and the yeast in there, that sugar can be fermented with the yeast. So that's, yeah. So, natural wines. Uh, Some of the wines, people wouldn't even know that they were natural, says the uh, sommelier who was talking to, to them, uh, a Katie Glenn's G L E N Z. Um, you just have to really listen to the people as they are uh, tasting them and all that, and find out what their thoughts are. Seven places to find natural wines if you are in the Tampa Bay area, which you know some of my listeners are. Uh, so if you are local, or if you are down in this area, uh, Cruise Cellars on. Mac- Dill Avenue in Tampa, they have natural wines. Edison Food and Drink Lab has uh, natural wines. Hawthorne Bottle Shop, Bandit Coffee Company, Brick and Mortar, Jug and Bottle Department, and King State all have natural wines. I... I'm going to have to go get one. I, I, they gave a list here. Let me give you a list of the natural wines that they have listed. And and you go get your own. It says, if you're a natural wine newbie, knowing where to begin can be a little intimidating. No, not really, but, you know, natural wine. Are you a Napa Cabernet Fignano? Love a crisp Sauvignon Blanc? Consider yourself a diehard Pinot fan? There's probably a natural wine for you. Talk to a group of sommeliers and wine directors in the Tampa Bay area and uh, to get their go-to picks for natural wines of the moment. And again, this is a good point here, of the moment. It changes just like every other thing does. Speaking of wine, another taste of my blend here. That's nice. It's got a, a nice fruitiness to it, a little dark fruitiness. Nothing pronounced, though. That's what's so interesting doesn't have, a, you can't say, oh, well, that's, that's blackberry or blueberry or anything. It's just a nice fruitiness. So, natural wines of the moment. If you like Prosecco, try Joy Ancestral 
Guava by Mariano. This is $34.99, $35. A pet knot in natural sparkling from Spain that's bright, citrusy, and floral. I'll try to remember to put these, list these on a Facebook page when I'm done here. I'll, I'll try to list these for you. If you like Sauvignon Blanc, try Cecilia from Frenchtown Farms. $30, From a winemaker based in the Sierra Foothills, this is a unique wine that, in that winemakers co-ferment both red and white grapes together. The result is a bright, high, acidic style with a little bit of natural wine funk on the nose. Natural wine funk, okay, which is not very descriptive at all because if you've never had a natural wine funk on the nose, you would have no idea what that's like. I've always hated those descriptors on things that people don't know. I'm I'm going to rant for a second here. I used to tell people all the time at the winery, you know, when you start reading descriptions of stuff, if you don't understand it, don't don't feel that you are missing something because you're not. You just never had it. If I said this smelled like diesel fuel and you've never smelled diesel fuel, then you would have no idea what I'm talking about, which is true. I mean, it goes with anything. Uh, this, this smells like that exotic orchid that I smelled when I was traveling through the jungles of Africa and I caught this whiff of this orchid and that was growing at the base of this tree and it this wine smells just like but people have no idea what you're talking about they have no idea what that exotic orchid smells like they have no idea what any of that smells like and so therefore using that as the descriptor is Oh, it's ridiculous. It it really is. It makes you look, um, you're trying to show that, well, this has this special smell there. No, it just describes things that people understand, in my opinion, and people will better be able to relate. And that goes with all the wine. Hence, we try to make wine easier to understand. So forget all these things. If you don't know the smell, then... Don't worry about it. All right, so natural wine funk on the nose. If you like a Gamay or a Garnache, Unlitro Amophilia. This is $17.99, This is from the coast of Tuscany in Italy. This is a Grenache-based blend and the archetypical example of what natural red wine is all about. Light-bodied with bright red fruits and high acid, this wine is meant to be served chilled, a red chilled gamay, which a lot of gamays or ganache are served chilled. They'd suggest that. Not an unusual thing. But that's only $18, so that's a rather cheap price for a natural wine. Also, a Riviera del Nortro by Roberto Hanicres. This is $30. This is a wine from the Bio Bio Valley of Chile. This is made from 100% Paz grapes and carries notes of dried strawberry, cherry liqueur, and allspice. P-A-I-S, Paz grapes. 
Um, if you like Pinot Noir or Fruity Blends, it's a couple for you here. Uh, post-filtration Martha Salmon Wines. This is $25.99, $26. This juicy California wine is made with 50% Zimadol and 50% Carignan grapes. Bright and easy to drink. It has notes of fresh raspberry jam. Now, so we can understand that description. Fresh raspberry jam. That, that makes us want to try it. So, and how much better that is when you do that. Also, Pinot Noir blend, Faints, F-E-I-N-T-S, Ruth Lewandowski. It's $26, a wine from Mendocino County in California. This blend features a silky mouthfeel with notes of bright red fruit and honeydew. And then if you like Cabernet Sauvignon, last one here, Duc de Nouvelles Chateau La Paix. Uh, Poi. $25.99 is from the right bank of Bordeaux in France. This red blend is Merlot-based with uh, Cabernet. Wait a minute. This is right at the fold of my page, and I can't read it. With Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a full-bodied wine with notes of dark red fruit and graphite. Okay, and immediately I think of eating my pencil lead. So, yeah, descriptors. I need to talk about descriptors one day fully and about it, look it up and, and talk about descriptors because some of these descriptors drive me bonkers uh, because we really don't know what to expect from descriptors, you know. Uh, unless you're familiar with them, you have no idea what they are. All right. Um, like aromas. Aromas are, are pretty pretty simple. You, you know the aromas, but uh, not the descriptors. Uh, smoke. Smoke taint. We've talked about smoke taint a lot. Here's a, I found an article. This is really pretty scientific. I talked about it last week a little bit. Um, they went into the uh, analysis of smoke paint and the impact of it. And let me sum this up because it's easier to sum up than this. Go through all of this. Uh, there's different things. They did analysis of different smoke paint situations. One was a Australian fire in 2005, one was a California fire in 2007, another one was a California Sonoma Napa fire in 2015. And they are doing the uh, testing and all that to see if they can detect it. The analysis of free uh, guacol, that's uh, G-U-A-I-A-C-O-L, guacol, and for uh, methoguacal in smoke-exposed grapes have been proposed more than 10 years ago as a way to predict the risk of smoke characters in wine. All right, these are the things that are actually being causing the problem. Smoke tank gets in the skin. So if you're making white wines, it's usually not impacting white wines because you pull the skin off so quickly. But red wines, it is there, and it is, is coming out. When they tested grapes of intact berries, 
they found incidents of smoke taint. They analyzed the grapes after it was subjected to heat treatment, acid and heat treatment. They still found smoke taint. And then they did micro-fermentation and wine analysis. It was still there and almost all at basically the same levels all the time. So it, it starts showing up and it continues to show up on it. It is caused by a wide range of volatile phenols found in wildfire smoke. This is what actually causes it. These compounds are absorbed by vines and accumulate in the berries. So it doesn't have to be, you know, just on the berries. It, the grapevines and the leaves pick them up and feed this to their babies. Uh, a, in other ways, whatever a mommy takes, the baby's going to get. And this is what happens with smoke taint to the grapevines. The grapevines pick them up and they feed it to the grapes. They are eventually end up in wine where they can cause unwanted flavors, uh, often referred to as smoky or bacon or campfire or ashtray. And they usually are long-lasting and linger on the palate even after you've swallowed the wine or even spit it out. It, it hangs there. So... Smoke taint is not a good thing, obviously not a good thing. Smoke impact in wine was identified as a serious problem after the 2003 wildfires in Australia and British Columbia. And the California wine industry was also affected following the wildfires this summer 2008. Uh, smoke taint has been a concern for many growers and wineries ever since then. This has been an ongoing concern, an ongoing thing. This lab company here is called uh, ETS Labs. It's been doing some serious work on trying to discover smoke taint in grapes before you make it into a wine, and they are having some success, but not a lot. It's still, once they press it and make the grapes, it's coming out. And there's no century... Smell that you can pick up on it. No matter what you do, it's, the smell is not there. And uh, red wine maceration is the problem. They did a fermentation from a 2016 Merlot in Carmel Valley, California, a 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon from Sonoma Valley, California, and a 2017 Petit Verdot from Napa Valley, California. And processed them all basically the same all the way through and tested them and they found that uh, the smoke taint well they you know stainless steel tanks and uh, cold soap and stuff on a couple of them and smoke taint still came out on all of them and started to rise and and was processed into the bottle, no matter what they did. Smoke marker panels, as the panels when you do a a, uh, a lab test, you you pull up panels just like your your blood test or something like that. Same thing with with the uh, smoke tank. Uh, there is free forms of of um, volatiles, smoke volatiles, 
that bound to sugars. And this includes uh, a bunch of, you know, I can give you the long words, and I'll probably mispronounce them. You don't know what I'm talking about anyway. Um, then there's the ones that, uh, you know, you can't get it off the sugars and it binds to a variety of uh, sugars, making them odorless. There's uh, some that are absorbed in the volatile, uh, sorted by grapes, and then become bound to a variety of sugars and making it odorless so you can't detect it until it's made into the wine. So, it gives you the, the, uh, the, the ashtray, and that's really the best, the ashy uh, aftertaste and aroma uh, in the wine with smoke-impacted wines. And there's not a whole lot they can do yet. Uh, so, this is why a buyer of a bunch of grapes from a vineyard in Sonoma, a Sonoma or... Mendocino. I'm thinking Mendocino now. A buyer of a bunch of grapes from a vineyard in Mendocino refused to buy grapes uh, last year or year before last because they were subjected to smoke. And he didn't want to buy them and end up with his entire batch tainted with smoke taint. And the grower has sued based on the fact that this is a contract and we, you know, you can't just refuse them. It's my livelihood and all that good stuff, that approach to it. And the grower or the buyer says, but, you know, it's my livelihood too. And if I get a bunch of tainted grapes, I won't be able to make a decent wine and sell them. So it's an ongoing thing. I haven't seen any decisions yet this was oh, within the last couple of three months i saw the first notification that it was being sued but i haven't seen anything since so it's a uh it's an ongoing thing the smoke taint is a problem and it's tied into a couple articles i read says it's tied in with global warming and the fact that we're going to start seeing drier areas we're going to start seeing more wildfires we're going to start seeing situations where it's going to be fires that's going to be out of control and it's going to cause a uh, issue with smoke in the grapes and ultimately in the wine. So, I don't know. It's, uh, we will, I will continue to discuss it, smoke taint, because there's always something that pops up and it's always something new about smoke taint that uh, I see, so I will continue to try to keep you informed on it. Same thing with with phylloxera. You're seeing outbreaks in Walla Walla, Washington. We've talked about phylloxera. It's been a while since we've talked about phylloxera, though. Uh, we talked about phylloxera. There's outbreaks in Walla Walla, Washington, which we thought we were over it and it, we weren't going to have problems. We've talked about Pierce disease and recently heard that there's a vaccination for it, and uh, but we discussed how is that going to end. That's not going to go away. Plus, there's other bugs that are becoming more prevalent, including different lantern bugs and stuff like that in Pennsylvania and all sorts of stuff. All of this, you say, oh, that's part of growing grapes and that's part of farming, but ultimately it's going to end up causing prices of wine to go up. 
and it can cause wines that you enjoy to be sourced from something else or somewhere else and change the flavor a little bit. So these are all things that impact all of us, not just the industry itself, but all of us who enjoy wine and who are actually part of the industry because we're the ones that buy it. So, so there we go. We are done for another week. Okay. Um, I will uh, I gotta check the date because we're going to be in October on the next show. It's October the yes, 3rd. October the already. 4th. Or 3rd, rather. You're right, 3rd. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's wow, going I by know. quick. Um, <laughs> it is. So um, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody for uh, tuning in, and we will be back next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on uh, Blog Talk Radio or on Facebook Live. Um, and have a great week and a great weekend, and uh, drink responsibly. And uh, we'll see you uh, thank next you Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. Be safe yeah. out there. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash all about wine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Mm-hmm.